You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Boys in the Booth podcast. This is episode 87. It's the Sydney Crosby podcast. And, uh, well, here we are, guys. We're into the month of June. Things are starting to open back up. Uh, how are we doing tonight? I am awesome, Harp. You know, things are starting to open up on Friday. Patios are coming back. The weather's been nice. I got vaccinated today. And just in the nick of time, we've had a, a campsite booked uh, in Algonquin Park since November for Reese's birthday. And uh, we were supposed to leave on Friday and things open up on Friday. So we're supposed to be able to get out there. We're just waiting for the confirmation and we are fired up. We're going to enjoy our time out there. Let's go. Boys, you might notice a little bit something different about me, uh, and that's my ball cap. It's a Seattle Kraken ball cap. Uh, I am now officially a crackhead. I am a Seattle Kraken fan. Probably the biggest one, uh, actually certainly the biggest one that you guys know, uh, Casey Narb, and uh, the listeners, while the biggest uh, crackhead that you guys know is me. I'm a big Seattle Kraken fan. I've got my hat. Uh, I'll be getting a jersey as soon as it comes out, and uh, you know, I'll be... I'll be paying close attention to the expansion draft, to any trades that might be happening, the players who get taken, you know, because like I said, I am a big crackhead now and I'm a huge fan of this team um, because let's face it, I can't be a Maple Leafs fan any longer. So, so here we are. And boys, just, it's just before, a matter of time, man. <laughs> yeah, just a exactly. matter of time. We all, we all expected Leafs fans to have a certain cracking point, cracking point, cracking and point. here it is. It, it's coming. I'm expecting Chad to come to the the talk we're going to have on the expansion draft with the freaking almanac of information he's going to be paying so much attention yeah this is the cracking point for uh myself and and okay i can only sort of joke about this for so long like i've I love this joke. I've been playing into it. I love the hat, the the whole Seattle Kraken hat and the jersey. I, I am really going to get one, just like I have a Vegas jersey. I think they're sick. Um, but I, let me be completely honest about this right now. I am still a Maple Leafs fan, for anybody wondering. And you might think, Case and Harp, like, oh, I shouldn't have to say that because like, clearly it's obvious. But I probably got... 65 messages from people after posting <laughs> that story on the night the Leafs lost game seven that I was a Seattle Kraken fan and like a part of me really wants to be a Seattle Kraken fan and to not be a Maple Leafs fan but I just wish it was that easy boys it's not when you're born a Maple Leaf fan you have to suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer because one day in the very distant future maybe there will be a promised land that we'll get to but yeah so I wanted to actually clear that up because I think some people are convinced because I think I did a good job convincing people on my story but anyways boys we're gonna get into this episode I feel like I haven't watched the playoffs as much as I probably should have being the host of a hockey podcast but uh harp we haven't heard from you yet how are you doing man it's been a while well i was just gonna say shocker i fell for the whole thing the whole <laughs> stunt that i'm legit a kraken fan now and i'm done with the leafs and everything you and i had a very interesting 
text exchange and <laughs> i was getting all concerned and chad bro you can't just jump on your uh you know jump Too on late. your team Done. like that and and everything so yeah shocker i fell for it but anyway <laughs> so you know for guys like me who fell for it uh, i'm glad you cleared that up but anyways i'm doing great and you guys have got your hats on i'm gonna throw mine on a little bit late here it's my hockey canada hat <laughs> because uh i got really into the world championships down the stretch and i just wanted to say congrats to team canada that was an awesome gold medal game on sunday if you're an ottawa senators fan like you know cameron murray or case like you're entire family <laughs> um they uh that was an awesome finish connor brown over to nick paul for the overtime winner to beat finland in overtime owen power looked great as well uh for team canada and they were the only team ever in the double ihf world hockey championship history to go down oh and three to start the tournament and then come back to win it. So anyway, I wanted to say congrats to the yeah. Team Canada. And uh, we were talking about, you know, not really being in the playoffs, not watching a lot. I tell you, like down the stretch, I got way more into the World Championships. So yeah, I wanted to get that in Because there. it was hard to watch at first. There's so many big teams losing kind of easy games early on in, in that, that uh, series or that championship. And uh, I may not be a huge Ottawa fan like my family, but I certainly am a Nick Paul fan. So oh, yeah. I'm pretty happy to see that. You know who yeah. I'm a fan of? Andrew Mangiapane, their best player, Team Canada's. I, I guess maybe you could argue Connor Brown was their best player. I, I'm a big fan of Mangiapane. He's the bread man. He's an Italian-Canadian. You got to love him. Um, at the same time, Wow, we can win an international championship and that guy's our best player. That's a joke. That's funny to me. <laughs> like that might be the Canadian hockey like cockiness coming out, but that is just ridiculous. Don't you guys think like Oh, uh, you just think about how many guys are going to play playoffs or also how many guys has played in a like long tough season where you don't get to see your family very much and, and you know battling covid and dealing with all of these like different restrictions and testings and everything like the last thing you want to do is just finish the season and then hop on a plane to latvia so i kind of get that and then there's also a lot of guys that were dealing with injuries down the stretch that didn't get to go because you know like uh jesper bratt and, and uh kevin ball like for example it's just a couple of devils players just because i know about their injuries well as like those guys were both battling injuries for the last month of the season and just pushing through it well you're not going to risk anything long term to go play for canada at the world championship yeah. i mean i would personally i i think it's so important to, to play for your country but mm -hmm. it's just the way it is it, it's not the olympics and it's not the world juniors yeah. yeah, I just I just love it because it's a great opportunity for a lot of these guys that maybe this is the only time they'll ever get to wear the Canadian jersey. You know what I mean? Like for a guy like Justin Danforth, for example, who uh, really has played his entire career in the AHL over in Europe. I You know, I think he was on the Rochester Americans a couple years ago and. There he was. Literally saw him on the ice in overtime in the gold medal game. Like, uh, you know, that's probably the only opportunity that guy will get to play yeah, for you, Team Canada. So it's just cool. Like You're saying that it's crazy that Manjipane is the best player on Canada. Well, think about, like, Team USA. Two of their defensemen this tournament were Matt Tennyson, who is an AHL lifer. He's played about 100 and maybe 80 games in the NHL between Buffalo and uh, New Jersey and San Jose. 
Uh, well, they also have Matt Hellickson, who the Devils just signed out of the NCAA to an AHL contract. So this guy's played. He, he played for. Uh, oh, geez, I should know this. He played in the NCAA the last couple of years. He started with the U.S. National Development Program, so that's maybe how he's got the roots in there. But he only has an AHL contract. He's played six games or so, like a handful of games in the AHL, and his ELC starts next year. And this guy's go, going over to playing for Team USA, like supposed to be a powerhouse. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Also cool to see, uh, speaking of powerhouse, Owen Power playing for the team. So that was pretty neat. Harp, you must be pretty excited about that. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, and, and Gerard Gallant, who may be the first coach ever of the Seattle Kraken, like that guy is going to have an NHL head coaching job next season. No question about that. He absolutely raved about Owen Power, the projected first overall pick in this year's draft. Big 18-year-old defenseman out there in overtime in crucial situations. And uh, yeah, he was great. So obviously very excited. It's likely Buffalo selects him first overall, but hey, we've seen crazier things happen before. Also, Case, back to the U.S., uh, they won bronze against Germany. Great to see Brian Boyle uh, lead the way uh, with that group. So that was great. Uh, wanted to get the world championships in there. Now let's get into this episode. So we're going to start with uh, cap or no cap. Three questions. And then we're going to go into uh, some surprising playoff uh, performances. Shocking. So either they will be shocking. shocking. The fourth one shocking. will shock you. I'll uh, tell you that. <laughs> anyway, so we'll get into all that. But first, we'll start with cap or no cap. It's now time for Cap or No Cap on Boys in the Booth. So, uh, Chad, we'll start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, so uh, the first one, the core four with the Leafs will all be back next year. Cap or No Cap, we'll start with you. Uh, I don't know why you're starting with me because I'm a Seattle Kraken fan. Um, <laughs> and, and, and by the way, uh, just on that on that tune uh, I'm not gonna like that explanation at the start of the episode that's all I'm gonna say like but I think I'm still gonna play into this joke so if people didn't listen to that and they still think I'm a Kraken fan like that's on them um, but I'm gonna say no cap I, I think they, they are together next year the core four they're doubling down they're running it back like you, you listen to the uh, to, to the locker cleanouts, the end of season press conferences you know you listen to Dubas Shanahan Keefe they all say the same things, you know, we're learning, we've taken, you know, a lesson from, from all of these experiences and, and, uh, we're going to double down. And I think I really truly believe that's what they're going to do. Do I believe it's the right thing to do? Honestly? Yeah, I do. I, I like, I know I've been on the, the trade Marner, you know, train for, for, you know, off and on here or there, but I just like, as much as I would love to see a huge shakeup to appease the fans, like I just think you have to give this group another year to sort of show what they can do in the playoffs, and then maybe next year you revisit it. And some people might be saying, "Oh my God, Chad, just blow it up!" Like how many times do these, how many chances does this core need? But at, at the same time, they're still young. You know, they've still got a lot to learn. Nathan McKinnon didn't win a playoff series until his seventh year on uh, the Avs. So it's just, you know, there's a lot of lessons here and and I'm kind of agreeing with ownership here. I think the right move is to run it back. Now that's not to say 
say they shouldn't listen to offers at the very least or at least consider making a move for one of the guys because who knows maybe you get an offer you can't refuse and if it's going to make your team better both short term and long term then do it but I don't think that's going to happen I think it's highly unlikely so yeah to answer your question Harp no cap I think the core four will be back next year yeah as much as I want as much as I want to say cap because you know we've heard that stat that's just been pounded into our heads after this first round of the playoffs that Carey Price is the first player to have a salary over $10 million to win a uh, Stanley Cup playoff series while there's three of them on Toronto and three of them are part of this big four we're talking about and uh, yeah I'd like to see maybe one of them get traded and they get some cap space and they kind of build those pieces that they need to start winning maybe find some playoff edge for once but I'm going to go ahead and say no cap and I think they're all going to stick together because I think it's just impossible to move them I I don't it's one of those situations same as Jack Eichel where I think you're going to lose that trade any 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 day of the week no matter what's coming back they're going to end up losing that trade so you might as well try to make it work and figure it out with these guys maybe I don't know drill something into their heads that that makes them playoff contenders playoff winners playoff players you mentioned uh, you mentioned Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabers, and uh, that's where we'll go to uh, for for question number two of of cap or no cap. Uh, so Jack Eichel and that whole injury situation that's going on right now with the Buffalo Sabers that will become another team's problem slash decision sooner rather than later. Cap or no cap case? No cap. I think it's. Uh it's time for Jack Eichel to, to leave the nest. He's He's been sick of it for maybe three years now. And uh, we've heard all the, you know, the differences in opinions with him and, and management and him with ownership. And, and I think that it is time for them to tear down once again. And it starts with that big move. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here, Case. I'm going to say no cap. I think uh, Jack Eichel's health status will become the problem of the Toronto Maple Leafs when he gets traded one for one for Mitch Marner. Um, Just kidding, by the way. But you know what? I would love that trade because I don't think Jack Eichel uh, flicks the puck over the glass nearly as much as Mitch Marner does. But uh, no, I I, I think in all honesty, I think Jack gets traded. Um, I think Buffalo loses that trade. Um, which is just inevitable if, if you're trading the best player and a player of Jack Eichel's caliber. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say no cap. I think it becomes someone else's problem. I think you see a Taylor Hall situation where he just breaks out on a good team. Chad, you're going to be so disappointed when Mitch Marner ends up in Seattle. I mean, I'll be happy because I'm a Kraken fan. So I mean, But you hate the guy. Yeah, but he's a good player. He's top five in points, so it is what it is. All right, and number three for cap or no cap. Uh, currently, this series is now tied up at two. The first team to win on the road in this series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche will end up winning this series. Cap or no cap, Chad? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll say no cap because both of these buildings, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are full of fans. Correct. Yep. 
Um, yeah. And I think that's got to play a, a play a role in this. So if you can steal one on the road and then go back home and rally with your fan base, I think that means the world in a season where you haven't had fans in the building in the longest time. And now all of a sudden in the playoffs, you've got a full rink. Like, I think winning on the road means a lot. And uh, so, yeah, I'll say no cap. The first team to do it on the road will win this series. I would love to, to see either team win, to be honest, because I love both of these teams. You know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say cap and no cap because I think that (laughs) if Colorado wins on the road, then they're going to win the series. And if Colorado wins at home, they're going to win this series. (laughs) Colorado is going to win this series. What I'm saying, it doesn't matter what Vegas does. If Vegas gets one away, they're still going to Colorado is still going to win this. They're the best team in the league. I'm going with Colorado, too. I've got them winning the whole thing. So, anyway, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, kudos to Vegas, right? The way they've been able to come back the last couple games. That uh, that game four was a blowout. Jonathan Marcheseau gets a hat trick, and boom, we're tied up at two. So, it's going to be interesting to see. Can I just get something in before we move on to the rest of the, the episode here? I think... Sure. Just a quick opinion. Tell me if you agree or not. I think the Colorado Avalanche have the nicest uniforms in the NHL, maybe. Maybe the absolute nice. Especially with the blue pants, gloves, and helmets. Like, those are filthy. I love them. Just, they are gorgeous. Just Top wanted to put three. that out there. Top three. Yeah. I agree. Top three. You know, Chicago, the red Chicago Blackhawks have, have got to be in there for me, too. And then, I don't know, third. Buffalo. There you go. Oh, shut three. up. That's enough. <laughs> anyway, okay, and that's cap or no cap. And now we'll get into uh, the most surprising, shocking, just the the playoff performances that no one expected. And uh, or maybe you, yeah, they, that you didn't expect. So anyway, uh, good or bad. Um, and so we'll, we'll get into that now. So, uh, Casey, why don't we start with you? Player, team, whatever it is, uh, a surprising playoff performance for you so far. <laughs> well, before I get into that, I want to say like, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget <laughs> to ring that bell notification. <laughs> I just hate the clickbait on like Snapchat stories and everything like that. We're doing it with this one right here. But, you know, <laughs> Just starting off, you know that I always like to bring an honorable mention in, and I'm going to kind of go off with one right here. And, and I want to say that I just wanted to go ahead and pick the Montreal Canadiens as a whole, but I thought that was a little bit of a cop-out answer. And then I kind of tried to drill down on that, and I was like, well, maybe I'll go with Mark Bergevin because the moves he's made this year is certainly working out. Ducharme has you know, coached them to the playoffs. He got them in there, and then now he's coaching them above our expectations, winning series and uh, Stahl has seven points in nine games. Toffoli's been a beast in the regular season and has continued to score some big goals in the playoffs. He scored that one shorthanded goal to win one nothing. Like, that's huge. Anderson's been that physical playoff presence. He hasn't really contributed as much, but he's been there banging and clanging. And finally, uh, maybe... The biggest part of this honorable mention for me is Joel Edmondson, who's been logging over 20 minutes a game, drawing some tough matches while crashing and banging and blocking shots. He's been some, something to watch out there. And, you know, that's that experience. You, you look at the guys that Bergevin brought, brought in to try to win the cup with this team. They all have playoff experience and they, they all have, you know, been in the league a while as well. You know, Stahl, he's done it. Joel Edmondson, two years ago, he did it. It's like he brought in the right pieces, and, and it's paid off big time. So that's my honorable mention is Mark Bergevin. Can I, can I comment on that? I just want to say yeah. that 
Mark Bergevin, fine. Honorable mention for, for a shocking performance. Fine. I just want to say if this is a regular season and a regular year with regular playoff formats, the, you know, the Atlantic, the Central, whatever, and we don't have the North Division, this team doesn't make the playoffs. They finish 19th in the NHL, and Mark Bergevin probably gets fired. So this new format and 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 the fact that they made the playoffs and then beat the Leafs in the first round, all of that justifies Mark Bergevin going out last summer and spending all that money because he spent the most money in the summer of all the GMs. So all of that justifies it. But if it's a regular season, they miss the playoffs, and he's probably fired. What's that, what's that saying you'd like to say about ifs and buts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, not, you know, maybe if the season wasn't this way, the Leafs would be winning the cup right now. We, we could sit here and play the maybe game all day long. But I'm talking about what's happening upstairs right now as the game is on in, in this house. And th- that's my honorable mention. It's kind of just a really off-the-board pick, picking Fair a enough. GM out of nowhere. You know, maybe I picked Ducharme, but... My real pick is is not, you know, a goal scorer, not a flashy goal scorer, not a guy who's contributing point-wise very much. He's not a goalie. You know, it's kind of a one of those unsung heroes, and it's the type of guy that I like to watch in the playoffs because, you know, we're, when you talk about playoffs, you aren't necessarily talking about the big goal scorers. Like, you know, if I was going against chad's uh talk before the playoffs i picked david pasternak because according to him it's surprising that he can score goals even though he has 11 points right now but who i am going with is ryan pollock i've been loving watching this guy i've actually watched the islanders a lot because there's so many devils on the team and i picked ryan pollock because he's an absolute workhorse and he's drawing the matchups against all of the Penn's best players. He was always on against Sidney Crosby. He's doing the same thing against the perfection line. And he's been logging over 24 and a half minutes a game with 21-43 and even strength a game. Not to mention he does have two goals and two assists in 10 games as a defenseman that, you know, not necessarily known for putting the puck in the net. And he's blocked 21 shots and has 42 hits, which is near the top in both those categories. This guy, you know, we talk about the Islanders and how they play a specific system under Barry Trotz and how it's all defense and, you know, they play that trap game. Well, that's only uh, you can only do that if you have good defenders. And this team has it. You know, Ryan Pollock, I had a hard time picking between him and uh, and Adam Pellick. And then, you know, yeah. Nick Letty has come out of nowhere and has been a playoff performer so far. Andy Green, Scott Mayfield, like all these guys are are really living up to their system and, and playing very well. And Ryan Pollock is leading the way there. So for me, my big playoff performer so far is Ryan Pollock. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that they play a system, they play a style that, you know, is conducive to, to those type of players who, you know, they, they want to shut the other teams down. They want to block shots. They want to play that defensive style. Pollock's been great all year. But, yeah, just another guy to be able to step up in the playoffs. That, that's a good pick. Shocking, some might say. Shocking performance. Harp, any any thoughts on uh, on that pick? No, it's a great pick, and he, he is a workhorse. He's a very underrated defenseman, and I'm glad you mentioned Adam Pellick, too, because he deserves a lot of credit. The two of them play together most of the time uh, on the island, and they've done a great job. They just, the two of them particularly Pollock, just thrives under that system that Barry Trotz has uh, the Islanders playing, and I think it's a great pick. There's not much uh, for me that I can say. 
I I just want it on record that I hate that team. They're everything the Leafs are not, and it, it drives me insane. But well, and then, and that's that's been a great series too. Like Boston Islanders, it's been really tight and a couple of overtime they games. Hate each other. Yeah, they, they sure do. do. And I should also note as well, I don't know if we've mentioned this or not on the podcast yet, but Taylor Hall in the second round for the first time in his career. How about that for the Bruins? <laughs> how about the stat that six of his nine teams that he's played for have gotten the first overall pick? <laughs> like Buffalo yeah. got it this year. He played the majority of his season there. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. I don't understand the- why. The years in Edmonton and New Jersey, and and uh, yeah, no, it's pretty funny. But yes, back to Ryan Pollock of the Islanders. That's a great pick. He is a workhorse, very underrated defenseman, and a uh, difference maker for the Islanders. So I like that for sure. Chad, let's go to you now. Yeah, so a shocking playoff performance here. Uh, number four will shock you. Just click 57 times and, and scroll through a bunch of ads, and then you'll be able to see it. Uh, but no, I, I'm picking a coach for this one. I'm picking Paul Maurice, actually, uh, coach of the Winnipeg Jets. And the, the reason I'm saying that his performance has been shocking because I am personally shocked that he's not playing Nick Ehlers more minutes. If you look at the regular season for the Jets, ask, I think, you know, and, and 90% of NHL fans will tell you the same thing. Who was the best player for the Jets this year? Nick Ehlers. And I just think that, you know, when, when I'm looking at his time on ice, his average time on ice, and looking at how much he plays in the game and his power play time and, and everything together, he's just not playing enough, especially with Mark Shifley out, who is arguably, if, if you're going to say that someone was better than Ehlers this season on this team, it would be Shifley. And now he's out. He was suspended four games. We all saw the vicious hit. Uh, I don't know if it deserved four games. It was definitely a charge. I don't really want to get into it. We can talk about that another time. But uh, he's out. And you need guys to step up. Well, what do the Jets do? They put Pierre-Luc Dubois up on the first line. Okay, and, and they've got Stastny centering that line, and they've got Connor on the wing. So then your second line, you've got Ehlers and Wheeler, and then whoever is playing in the middle there. I'm not even sure. It's just not good enough. Nick Ehlers is probably their best player, at for sure their most talented player, and he's not even playing on the power play. So let me just let me just go through this here. In, the, in his first game of this series uh, against Montreal, he played 18-47. That's fine, okay? Mark Shifley was suspended in that first game at the very end. In the second game, his minutes go up a bit. He plays almost 21 minutes, so that's a good sign. Um, And again, Mark Shifley is out, so things are trending in the right direction. Game three, 17 minutes, 18 seconds. That's what he plays. So he goes down by about three minutes. This guy is your best player. I don't care if he's behind Kyle Connor in the depth chart on the left side. I don't care if Pierre-Luc Dubois is getting that extra time on the first line. I don't care. This guy has to play more at five on five. You look at the power play, he's not even on the first unit. Okay, Mason Appleton is on the first unit and he's not. Nick Ehlers is 10th on his team in ice time this playoffs, okay? And now that's kind of a bit skewed because he's fifth among forwards. But if he's your best player, you've got to play him more. And I put that on Paul Maurice. So that's why Paul Maurice's playoff performance so far is shocking, according to me. What do you guys think about that? 
Well, I, I kind of have to agree with you because the, the ice time on this team has been so top-heavy. And when we talk about the Winnipeg Jets coming into the playoffs, we talk about the depth that they have on four. And we talk about that third line. And we talk about Cobb and Lowry and all these guys. And it's kind of shocking to me to see that Kyle Connors played four minutes and 10 seconds a game more than Ehlers. That, that is kind of shocking. And I thought that, you know, this is a team that you kind of want everyone buzzing, crashing and banging and playing that playoff hockey because that's the identity that the Winnipeg Jets have. They don't have this identity of the... Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs or the Boston Bruins where you play one line as much as you can because they are just head and shoulders above everyone else. So it certainly is shocking to me and, and I have to agree with this one. It's kind of a, a wild, random, shocking pick and I'm just blown away. <laughs> but well, and, did and, you clip, and, that? clip that sound button? Yeah. <laughs> and Ehlers had a great season too, he right? Did. Like this was a really big breakout year for him and guys, like uh, I just, I, I have one question. Like this does it just not seem like the Jets are just kind of done? Does it not seem like they're just tired and they're banged up and they lost Shifley, great player and a high character guy. Montreal yeah. is playing them really hard. Does it not just kind of seem like Winnipeg is just kind of done? I've seen it, man. And it's, it's not only you see it as they're kind of done, but you're noticing that they're just playing like salty hockey. They're, they're, cross-checking and, and being dirty and, and it's a difference between playoff chippiness and a, a difference between we're losing let's try to hurt some guys in the meantime and that's what it seems like the Winnipeg Jets have kind of stooped to in the, the last two games so yeah and going yeah. down you know two nothing and then three nothing in the series doesn't help like this game four like I haven't watched it. it's going on right now but I'm sure it's just chippy beyond all belief and they've sort of looked like a team who is just beaten and they know they're beaten and they're just trying to to get a little bit of blood before they get knocked out which is too bad I like the Jets I wish the Leafs would have been able to play them in the second round but you know. Well, the game right now is still tied, and I'm going to go ahead and say that they win this game because Connor Hallibuck had some pretty serious words about how he has to step up and, and win this and forget about Carey Price at the other end and that he just has to play his game. And when Connor Hallibuck says something like that, he usually means it and he usually gets it done. So I kind of suspect that they're going to win this one. Yeah, and he's and he's that good too. So uh, anyway, I wouldn't be surprised, but... Uh... Yeah, and and uh, for my most you know surprising, shocking playoff performance, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm blown. gonna <laughs> catastrophic. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this series and uh, go with a player instead of a general manager, head coach, overall team, whatever. I'm gonna go with a specific player, and that's Corey Perry of the <gasps> Montreal Canadiens. Um, <laughs> gasp um i'm uh and you know i'm not picking Corey perry because i'm a fan or anything i don't think a lot of people are i'm not a fan of Corey perry myself but man like i gotta hand it to the guy uh doesn't do a whole heck of a lot in the regular season anymore he's just he's he's up there in age but man like this guy shows up in the playoffs and case you mentioned mark bergevin a little earlier uh on like Bergevin came out with the famous quote, right? That there are guys that get you there, and then there are guys that get you through. Well, Corey Perry is one of those guys that helps you get through, and he's a big part of their identity right now. I think he has really helped out a guy like Yoel Armia, who it seems like every single time I watch Montreal, 
uh, he scores. Armia gets a goal. Yeah. And uh, Corey Perry is right there on the ice with him with an assist or something. And really, the only difference is, like, Perry is putting up the points. He's got six points in ten games, and we've seen this before. We've seen it in the past with the uh, in his Anaheim Ducks days. He was great for the Dallas Stars last year in their run to the Stanley Cup Finals in the bubble when they lost to Tampa, of course. And he's doing it again for Montreal. He's a big part of their identity, so I'm going with Corey Perry. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, that's a great pick because you talk about a guy who's got playoff experience galore. He's played 155 games, and you know he's he's certainly been around. And I love watching him. Well, I hate watching him because he's such a freaking worm out there. Worm. But um, he's just in the right place at the right time all the time. He just has a nose for the net. He's got his butt in the right spot. Somehow it'll pinball like Happy Gilmore out on the putting green and somehow hit his butt and go into the net. And it's just like he's there to get it done and, and he plays the type of game that you need to play in the playoffs. So it's been exciting to watch kind of some of these older guys do do well on Montreal and like uh, Eric Stahl and Corey Perry and I'm going to count Shea Weber in there. But it's just it really is great to watch. And uh, uh, I don't know how badly I want to see Corey Perry lift the cup, but he <laughs> certainly deserves it. Yeah. <clears throat> Corey, Corey Perry, man, like talk about a guy who has another gear. Like in the, in the regular season, you know, he was scratched for a ton of games. He was in and out of the lineup. Like he might have even got waived. I, did he get waived? He might have. I might be. I think he did. Yeah. So it's just yep. like it's it's crazy because you know that guy's got another gear. You're not expecting him to do much in the regular season, but come playoff time, you chuck him in the lineup. He'll be in the right place at the right time. He'll he'll smash you in the corner. You know he'll knee you in the back of the head and end your season. That's a joke, John Tavares thing. But uh, he just <laughs> he, he's he's the guy who can step up. He's been there, done that. He's got that experience. And uh, you love to have him on your team as much as you hate the guy and how he plays and how dirty he is. He's just, he's a guy who works hard, has another gear, and he finds it in the playoffs. So that's a good pick, Harp. Harp. Um, talk about shocking. Wow, shocking. Um, <laughs> not shocking if you're, you know, talking about the Corey Perry of last year's playoffs because it's essentially the same thing. It's a, He's a gamer. He's a guy who can play. But definitely, yeah, shocking if you're talking about the Corey Perry from the regular season who doesn't do a whole heck of a lot, as you said. Yeah, exactly. Um, any any last thoughts on the playoffs right now? Any predictions you guys have? Anything before we wrap up? Who do you guys want to win? That's my question for you guys. Colorado. Colorado for that me. I want to see McKinnon get a cup. For sure. See, like I, yeah. I, I like Colorado. I always have. I used to really like Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg and Patrick Waugh and those guys. But I just... I don't know if McKinnon lifts a cub that puts a lot of pressure on on the Leafs. I'm being totally honest. I'm be, no, I'm being totally honest. It puts a lot of pressure because that's a team that the Leafs get compared to. They're they're a team that has a ton of skill up front, and they've missed the playoffs a ton of times or gotten beaten the you're first miss, round. So you're missing the biggest comparison, and that's that Nathan McKinnon makes in the six million dollar range. And yeah. Matthews and Marner make twice as much as him, and then McKinnon go out, goes on to say, "Next time I'll sign for less." <coughs> we'll see if he does it, but it's like that's, I doubt he that's will. A difference right there. I doubt he will, to be honest. And if well, he yeah. signed for inflation, yeah. Well, <laughs> and if and if he does, 
guys if he does take less. I think like as much as you want to give kudos to the guy for all oh, being a team player, wants to win with this core, blah, blah, blah. Get your money, man. Don't sign for less. Get your money. Your career is going to be less than 20 years. That's the life of an NHLer. And then you've got your whole life to live. Get your money. It's dumb financially if you take a pay cut. Tim Hortons is paying that guy more than the Colorado Avalanche. And he's got an <laughs> analytics job lined up. It's going to be on Sportsnet and whatever he wants. That guy's got the whole world in his hand. Everyone loves him. He's yeah, so yeah I know. I, I also think... If Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup, that there's some pressure on Connor McDavid in Edmonton. Oh, for sure. Because, like, you could say right now with the way McKinnon is playing that, you know, he's arguably the best player in the world. And uh, so it just he's on a whole other level. Yeah, I'd like to see Colorado win. I would also like to see Carolina win. even up the series with Tampa Bay just because I love what Rod Brindamore is doing there, but I don't know if that's going to happen with the way that Tampa is playing. So anyway, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how it all plays out. It's been great hockey so far. Definitely have to watch uh, a little bit more of it moving forward. Uh, but hey, I mean, we're, we're busy. Weather's nice. Things are opening back up. So uh, things are great. And uh, this was another great podcast. So thanks so much for tuning in we've got the pepsi cup coming up on july 24th so we'll be rolling out some more stuff on that uh on our social media channels looking forward to all that thanks so much and we will talk to you again next week take care this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.